The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. Jack, you back, Jack. And Joe Getty. Joey, baby. Things are getting weird. And they're getting weird fast. Armstrong and Getty. But I know this. They're loco. Everyone knows it. But the dramatics could come down just a little bit. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. So I thought this was so interesting uh, article in the New York Times, the end of faking it in Silicon Valley. I tend not to accumulate these stories. We're always digging up the next thing and talking about it. And so I don't have a great memory for, oh, you don't remember when Chuck Schumer said this about Nancy Pelosi 17 years ago? No, I don't. I forget that stuff. Um, and in the same way, this article is all about all the fraud in Silicon Valley, the end of faking it in Silicon Valley. And they go through, uh, take what happened in the past two weeks. Charlie Javis, the founder of the financial aid startup Frank, was arrested, accused of falsifying customer data. A jury found Rishi Shah, co-founder of the advertising software startup Outcome Health, guilty of defrauding customers and investors. And a judge ordered Elizabeth Holmes, uh, Theranos gal, to begin an 11-year prison sentence on, 11, on uh, April 27th. Now, that's just the last two weeks. Those developments followed the February arrests of Carl, Carlos Watson, the founder of OZ Media, and Christopher Kirchner, Kirchner, founder of software company Slink, both accused of defrauding investors. Still to come is the fraud trial of Manish Lachwani, a co-founder of the software startup Headspin, set to begin May, and that of Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of the cryptocurrency exchange FTX, who faces 13 fraud charges later on. And that's not the whole list. But it's all about how, and this reminds me so much of the question uh, to John Dillinger, sometimes attributed to like uh, the Jesse James or something. Why do you rob banks? That's where the money is. There isn't any money in banks compared to Silicon Valley. Mm, especially during a certain period of time over the last 20 years. 
or if you had yeah. something even sounded like a good idea, there were gazillionaires willing to throw money at you. Yeah, wow. And then they go, there are more to come. All these different websites and startups that raised a billion dollars in uh, in in financing, like IRL, a messaging app that investors valued at a billion dollars is being investigated by the SEC for allegedly misleading investors about how many users it had. Rumby, a laundry delivery startup in Ohio, allegedly fabricated a story of financial success to secure funding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, God, why didn't I do that? Rumby. I know. I know. Um, there has we, never... We deliver motor oil to lawnmower owners who um, need uh, oil. <laughs> wow, wow. How much money do you need? Ah, five million? Done. <laughs> I know there have been books and TV shows, but there will be great books and movies about this period of time over the last 20 years or so. Someday written. I mean, it, there's never been a gold rush like th that gold rush. The mm -hmm. amounts of money you could make overnight. And I've said before, if I if I would if I had been 21 when this was going on, I think I'd have just picked up and moved to Silicon Valley and just tried to figure out a way to get some of that money. Yeah, yeah. Well, there have been kind of two booms. There was the you know year 2000 dot com bubble and bust, and then the last you know five six seven years has been notable. Uh, but similar, I, I guess, very similar. So the, the dot com bust, remember when the Super Bowl was all dot com ads and then the, almost all those companies went away. People were throwing money just because they came up with a name. All mm -hmm. you had to do was come up with a name dot com and people would give you gazillions of dollars with the assumption you'd just fill in the, the easy part is like creating the business that does something in terms of profit. Everybody acted like that's the easy part. And it's been that way for a couple decades now. It's weird. So the point of the article is that uh, they're they're getting much tighter and better due diligence and that sort of thing. But mm. it's astounding the amount of money that's been stolen. I mean, <laughs> just astonishing. Speaking of tech, he says, pivoting, uh, really interesting, uh, the topic of AI development in the United States versus China and how far behind China is. And uh, this story also from the uh, Times of New York echoes the main reason. China's need for censorship in so many different areas and so many different ways is making it impossible for Chinese scientists to move quickly and and unleash this stuff. They just can't allow freedom of information collection and dissemination in the way that you need to develop this uh, technology because they're under constant scrutiny by the uh, the authorities. Uh, they give the example. Early in 2020, on the same day that a frightening new illness officially got the name COVID-19, a team of scientists from the U.S. and China released critical data showing how quickly the virus was spreading and who was dying. Study was cited in international health warnings and appeared to be a model of international collaboration. Within days, though, the researchers quietly withdrew the paper, which was replaced online by a message telling scientists not to cite. I'm sorry, I have the wrong article open. Um, anyway, uh, but it's interesting that, Ch well, I guess I made the point already. And it's funny, I clicked on the wrong uh, headline. I have so many open. Uh, da, 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 da. But China's screwed in terms of AI because it can't be done with heavy censorship. That's interesting. Yeah, right, it is. Uh, uh, back to the COVID thing. Do we have time for this? Yeah. Why don't we play clip 20, then I'll get into that. The problem is that we're going to do this again. If there's another pandemic, and there will be another pandemic, the, 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 the lockdown kind of 
path is set in stone at this point, unless there's a reckoning, unless we do an honest evaluation of our pandemic response, which by all measure was a disaster. We, we harmed our children. Yes. We destroyed our economies. We didn't save people from COVID. We still have you know over a million some deaths from COVID uh, in the United States, you know, millions of others in the, around the world. Uh, so what did we gain? Um, the, the key thing I think now going forward is we have to insist on an honest evaluation. And that's going to take some political action, actually, I'm afraid because uh, the, the the leaders that did this do not want to evaluate themselves. When they do, they give themselves awards. So that's Dr. Jay Patakaraya from uh, Stanford, who's been a frequent uh, critic of the uh, the mainstream approach to COVID. And this is the way this feature was supposed to go. That was going to lead us into the uh, article about how China has been censoring information uh, pulling back papers, uh, killing the access to studies and data, and is doing so to this day. If somebody in uh, New York City, Chicago, uh, University of uh, whatever, California, comes across a study that shows, as we learned, uh, or a report that shows, as we learned last week, that Chinese uh, government officials and experts rushed to the Wuhan Institute in November of 2019 to uh, give a, 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 a mandatory refresher course in lab safety protocols, those reports are vanishing from online the minute they're, they're publicized. So China, to this very day, is censoring or interfering with any inquiry into the origins of COVID. Now, there's only one reason they would do that at this late date. And that's obviously because they were at fault in the, you know, the beginning in the early stages of COVID. Remember, it was strictly forbidden in social media and mainstream media, the Washington Post, the New York Times, Facebook, Twitter. It was forbidden to discuss the idea that there was a lab leak and the Chinese authorities were covering it up. Do not forget that as the so-called legacy media or as a... Uh, um, uh, Matt Taibbi called it the used to have a legacy media um, tells you what to think and, and how to behave these days. It was an unbelievable level of evil that I don't think is people are fully reckoning with to cover up for the Chinese government as millions of people died. So there's that Chinese reckoning that should happen at some day, and I'm not sure it will. But I, do, I really don't think we're ever going to have the conversation in the United States about the actual stats and what went right and what went wrong, what age groups we over scrutinized for no good reason. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think our chance, if there was one, was the midterm election. If Republicans wanted to make a big deal out of it, and for whatever reason, that whole idea of elections are always about the future. I hate that. When people say that, I always hate it. Why? Why are elections always about the future? I think maybe politicians of both sides like to say that so nobody ever looks at what they just did. Why are elections supposedly always about, no, people vote on the future. Maybe that's true. I don't know. But why? Why wouldn't we want to look at what this party did most recently right. and pen penalize them for having failed at it? Sure, I screwed this up and I was bad at this and I squandered that. But in the future, I will bring you blessings beyond your imagination. Oh, that sounds good. Blessings, you say? Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> people are stupid. People are stupid. And the other uh, point I want to make, though, we don't have any time. Maybe we'll revisit it tomorrow, is the utter <laughs> disingenuousness of the New York Times in covering this. Who wrote this? A couple of people I don't know. Um, 
talking about all the different uh, organizations who enabled the Chinese, who uh, Western journal editors enabled those efforts by agreeing to a communist edits or withdrawing papers for murky reasons. The Times is reported groups, including the World Health Organization, have given credence to muddled data and inaccurate timelines. Yeah. Um, New York Times, uh, uh, check the log in your own eye to cite the good book, huh? Lion liars. Oh, there's one more. Lion liars and the lies they lie. Right. The next uh, 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 frontier in batteries, Jack, lithium ion can pound sand, folks. The next thing is sodium. Sodium batteries. I'm looking forward to the next great leap forward in batteries. I'm, I'm hoping this is a thing of the past soon. The idea that your watch is dead, your phone is dead, your tablet is dead. Batteries will have well, such long life and be so easy to power up. That is almost certainly coming, although the pitch sure. on sodium is that uh, sodium is a far cheaper and more abundant material. It's found all over the world. Uh, you can charge it. Recent breakthroughs mean that a sodium batteries can now be recharged daily for years, chipping away at a key advantage of lithium batteries. Um, but uh, here's the caveat. China is miles and miles and miles in front in sodium battery uh, development. We got the AI, absolutely, but they're all about the batteries. I read the other day from some supposed expert that you should never let your iPhone get below 20 or above 80. Keep it between 20 and 80 for maximum battery life. Whatever. Who's got the time? I've heard so many conflicting uh, pieces of advice on that. I just ignore it. Yeah, I go with the New York Times article. Guy did an exhaustive study for a long time, and his conclusion was... The juice ain't worth the squeeze. Whatever extra battery life you get out of doing all those rules is way more work than it's worth, so don't worry about it. That's kind of what I've gone with. Um, uh, Speaking of uh, uh, the iPhone, for some reason, whenever I type yipes, (laughs) it changes it to the apes. So if I I voice text, if I voice text, going to be 95 degrees today, the apes, or... (laughs) Trump's Trump's up by 30 in Iowa. The apes. People Tucker always, Carlson just left Fox News. The, the apes. People always, the uh, apes. The apes what, Jack? People always we'll take over under- the planet. <laughs> people seem understandably confused by my texts whenever I do that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Here's your freedom love and quote of the day, sent along by alert listener Steve. It's from General George Marshall in 1942. We are determined that before the sun sets on this terrible struggle, our flag will be recognized throughout the world as a symbol of freedom on the one hand and of overwhelming power on the other. Uh, Mailbag. Chuck from Vancouver sent this along, um, Vancouver, Washington, and it could have been our freedom-loving quote of the day. He was watching an old black-and-white western. The town was being overrun by outlaw cowboys, and the city council member says the following, quote, Strip away the law, and a man becomes a beast. That's a good one. Walk around L.A. See whether man has become a beast. Or San Francisco, Sacramento, Portland, Seattle. Moving along, 
Uh, Beach Boys special last night on the television. Judy flipped that on. I watched for a couple minutes. It was mostly uh, kind of weak. But Weezer did a great version of uh, what song did they do? I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Um, but Peggy says, hey, now do we have to worry about song lyrics getting fixed? As we were discussing, uh, classic books are now being fixed, so they're not offensive using the old-timey writing of the actual author. And if it's an ebook, they'll do it secretly without you even knowing it. Reaching onto your ebook and changing the verbiage, bastards. The Beach Boys sing themselves? Uh, no, no, no. They just sit up in the uh, uh, the balcony looking like they're 100. Because, you know, that's roughly correct. Because they're 100. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was interesting. One of you, one of the acts, uh, was one of your country acts or something, George, Florida, Georgia Line. I, I don't know these days. I don't know these rock and roll bands these days. Uh, but they had like 35 people on stage to replicate a Beach Boys song. They didn't even really reinterpret it. And I said to my wife, I says, the Beach Boys pulled off those harmonies with like five guys on stage. And it sounded fantastic. Why do you need like an orchestra and a choir? It's terrible. Terrible. Anyway, kids, that music was a hit like 60 years ago. (laughs) 60 years ago. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Moving along, uh, Barry and Thailand, who's not a Thai, writes, Fellas, I see where our president's playing up his Irish roots. Funny, I thought he also had roots in the black, Hispanic, and Greek communities. This guy is multi-multi. True. Let's see. Oh, a number of people applied to be my friend. (laughs) That's right. You were taking applications on Friday to be your friend. Yeah, uh, Daniel writes, I would totally enjoy being Joe's friend, as I, too, am a poor, lonely, wretched soul. Uh, Shoe repairman by trade, I was also a local talk radio host for a few years. Although conversant on a wide range of topics, I'm a quiet guy, keep to myself. I drink copious amounts of beer, so I'm sure we could have a lot of fun shooting Bud Light cans. I try to stay on the bright side, but people call me difficult and brooding. Maybe it's because sometimes I go to that dark corner of my mind to explore unspeakable fantasies, like becoming an axe murderer, just randomly chopping a stranger up on the street. But big deal. Everyone has thoughts like that, even if they don't admit it. <laughs> wow. Well, you've, you've passed the first round of interviews, Daniel. Congratulations. Boy, the perks of having a buddy who's a shoe repairman. Man. Yeah, you got to be careful, though. You don't want to hit him up too much. Right. You know, you just got to casually mention, oh, man, that's kind of uncomfortable. My shoe is weird these days. Hey, he offers, he offers. Heels a little worn down on the corner. Anyway. <laughs> he wouldn't catch on that you were trying to milk a favor out of him at all. <laughs> oh, we got another email about uh, modern life making him insane. How much time do we have, Michael? Nah, we don't have time for it. Maybe in in a couple of minutes, but it's pretty funny. Tried to update his TV software, and now it won't let him in unless he gives his email address. Oh, God To watch his it. damn TV. Oh, that makes me angry. As he said, this is why God gives us the sweet death, uh, gift of death. I couldn't handle another 50 years of this. Oh, I got a good example of that coming up. Uh-oh. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Quick question for you. What if you happen to miss part of the show of this unbelievable radio program? The answer is easy, friends. Just download our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's the podcast version of the broadcast show, available anytime, any day, every single podcast platform known to man. Download it now, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This could be a very, very, very big development. Over the weekend, representative from the Chinese Foreign Ministry, the guy from the Chinese Foreign Ministry, and I don't know how to pronounce his name, you, whatever it is, uh, Fu Tong, uh, he said that... Is, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this like one of those gags, like when that airplane crashed and uh, the newscaster said, we too low? No, 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 no. This is real. This okay. is from Ian Bremmer's Twitter feed. It's, it's quite a quite a name that fellow has. Chinese Foreign Ministry, Crimea is Ukraine. They stated over the weekend, Crimea is Ukraine. That's a big deal. If, wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow is right. Now, Ian Bremmer said, I'd love to hear Xi say the same thing, but unless this guy is in a gulag, like you said earlier, um, that's the position of the government, because it's not like in a, in a Chinese Communist Party, you go off half-cocked and have different views than, than she does. Out and well, proudly, very long there, anyway. There is one principle in China that is preserve and protect the Communist Party. What do they think of the recent goings on in Russia, and what are their calculations going forward? And it's hard to believe this guy would have shot off his mouth like that. It They're is. incredibly disciplined, right? 
But so if he's willing to say Crimea is Ukraine, then then China is all for Ukraine getting Crimea back, which Zelensky has said is not, the war is not over until we do. Uh, well, we'll see. Wow, I'm so interested in this. Uh, anyway, yeah, okay. Oh, I just I'm noodling it through. So China wants to be clearly superior to Russia in geopolitics. They. This is a chance to further weaken Putin's Russia and to end the war, which is disruptive to the world economy. Yeah, I think China wants the war over. And they don't give a crap about Putin. Again, one principle to preserve and protect the Communist Party of China. Well, you made a promise to Putin. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, please. You've been pooping wrong. Stay tuned. Uh, you know me, old, uh, um, uh, the, not a China hawk exactly. I'm a China doubter and have been for a very long time. They have enormous economic problems, which I've talked about a little in recent weeks. They have mind-blowing demographic problems. They are a very, very old country and getting older. Their real estate uh, situation, the real estate is a huge part of the Chinese economy. Um, and, and it is faltering badly. It's in crisis right now. They are talking about uh, lowering interest rates in China because the economy is faltering so much in contrast to what's happening in the West. And I came across this. It blew me away in the New York Times. No job, no marriage, no kid. China's workers and the curse of 35. It's widely discussed in China. Employers don't want you after age 35. Ouch. Five. And they don't have any age discrimination laws in China. So some job listings say it plainly. Don't apply if you're over 35. 35? Yeah. He's too, uh, they, they talk about this guy who's 38 years old and he's unemployed now and has no prospects. The main reason is his age. He's too old for many employers, including the Chinese government, which caps the hiring age for most civil servant positions at 35. Wow. So what's the safety net like in China if you're unemployed and running out of money? It's, it's weak. Uh, the viral online post went wild, too old to work at 35 and too young to retire at 60 because the government's talking about raising the retirement age. The post goes on, stay away from home ownership, marriage, children, car ownership, traffic, and drugs, and you'll own happiness, freedom, and time. That's sarcastic, obviously. Um, the idea is that <clears throat> in the vast majority of positions, you're better off hiring a youngster. A 22-year-old, a recent college grad, they'll work harder for less money and longer hours. They're not going to say, hey, i got to take care of my kid or anything like that. So there's brutal age discrimination, even as they're an aging country. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's a heck of a setup. So the government won't hire you past 35, but benefits don't kick in till 60. Hey, government, what are people supposed to do between 35 and 60? That's a long time. And in America, we call that the most productive years of your life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a very different uh, philosophy. Uh, Moving from China to Germany, uh, this is the sort of feature that I usually put a jivey name to, and I apologize for not uh, doing that. Armstrong and Getty span the globe. It was what in the world? Oh, that's right. That's a better name. Armstrong and Getty is what in the world? So uh, this is an interesting uh, development in Germany. Nazi Germany. No regular Germany, actually, Michael. The modern Germany. Their defense minister 
is saying, hey, it's time for Germany to really take a more robust role in the world again. Military leadership in Europe participate in the Indo-Pacific region. The defense minister, whose name is delightfully Boris Pistorius, um, (laughs) laid out plans for Germany to increase its arms delivery and take a bigger role all over the world. He spoke to the New York Times before traveling to meet his U.S. counterpart, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, as well as National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, who looks a lot like uh, Beaker from The Muppet Show. It's a very, very old reference. Uh, so Germany keeps saying we're gonna we're gonna take the lead again. We're gonna become a real country with a real defense. Yeah, we'll see. And then our final uh, Armstrong and Getty. What in the world? Let's go to Britain. Evidently, uh, lawlessness is kind of bad in Britain. It's not as bad as in the blue states of the U.S. where we've decriminalized crime and it's been a complete, unmitigated, horrific, hellish disaster. Um, but a lot of uh, shoplifting problems have led stores to use facial recognition software. And as you're walking to the entrance, it says, that's Joe Jones. He steals every time he's in here. And security guards step forward and say, yeah, Mr. Jones, you're not coming in. And they're discussing whether this increase in the use of facial recognition t- uh, technology by both private industry and the police is uh, a step towards some sort of Orwellian nightmare or if it's just a useful technology to prevent, prevent bad people from doing bad things. Right. It's really it's it's a bit of a tough call. I'm a private company running an entirely voluntary business on private property. Maybe you say, I got to post a sign. Fine, I'll post a sign. We use facial recognition software in this store to prevent theft. Do you have a problem with that? No. No, absolutely not. How about the coppers? How about the government using it on every street corner? I hate that. The argument with like license plate readers, et cetera, is that there's no expectation of privacy when you're walking down a city street or yeah, driving down a city street. Why not? Uh, everybody's existence, their entire lives in the history of the world was there was an expectation of privacy when you walked down the street. Or at least anonymity. Maybe that's the problem. Wow, this this is my finest moment as a thinker, and I haven't had many. <laughs> um, the courts... Even the, the framers of the Constitution always use the term privacy or mm, secure in their papers as well and their possessions. But it's always about security and privacy. Anonymity is a huge aspect of liberty. Or how, how what word describes that the government doesn't know what I'm up to unless they have a reason and a warrant to know what I'm up to. Is there a word for that? Uh, I don't know, but there's no stopping what's happening, I don't think. We're all going to be on video every moment we're outside of our home, and all our information about everything we do is shared all around the world. Is just where we are practically now, in, in certainly in big cities, and it will be everywhere in the near future. That's just the way it's going to be. And we just have to hope that uh, that we don't ever end up in a situation where it's constantly being used by the government to discredit anybody who would ever challenge them. You know, that reminds me of a, a different story I saw that the where is it? The federal government is collecting 
enormous amounts of data on all Americans right now, and it's not illegal or unconstitutional because they're buying it. Right. Yeah, I saw that. They're not doing the surveillance themselves. They're just going to third parties and saying, give me everything you have on Joe Getty. Everything. Yeah, that's like and the, filing it away. Sort of like the HIPAA thing we were talking about with Craig a while back in, uh, yeah, the uh, uh, your health information that might really raise your rates it can't be shared. But if it's purchased by somebody else and then purchased by the insurance companies, that, that it can work that way. Yeah. Wow. The uh, Armstrong and Getty. What in God's name? It's 100 on the crazy meter. Well, that bad character. Man, that makes my soul bleed. That's insane. It's a little too much donkey dog. Unacceptable. The reality is, is things are getting weird. And they're getting weird fast. Uh, okay. This is the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. At some point, I expect to wake up and find out that TikTok is the president. 
<laughs> Not sure how that could be. How can a social media platform be a... Uh, but uh, the more I learn about its ubiquity, its ever-presence, and how many Americans spend how much time, it's just shocking. And this was such an interesting uh, a piece I came across in the Wall Street Journal. American companies held hostage by the whims of TikTok. The social media giant has become a billion-person focus group, disrupting business cycles and upending corporate R&D. And they gave an example, is a great example, I think, of um, there's some food influencer on TikTok who I've never heard of because I've heard of very little that's on TikTok who said, hey, you want a great meal at Chipotle? Order the quesadilla. It's a quesadilla, but here's what here's how you custom order it. Uh, you expect you ask for a combination of the sauces and then, blah, 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 you know, a couple other variations or substitutions. And this thing exploded. So leave out the salmonella. That's from oh, a, that's easy from, that's, from a, that's oh, a story from bounds. years ago. I'm sure they've fixed that. So soon, the Mexican fast casual chain was overwhelmed by custom orders. The item took longer to make, and its mix of ingredients flustered workers, especially when the sauce, a combination of sour cream and chipotle honey vinaigrette, ran out. When some staffers refused to make the off-menu item, customers be- began posting angry negative reviews online. <laughs> Of course you do. You're angry that your burrito at Chipotle wasn't exactly the way you wanted it. Sheesh! <laughs> Find better things to be angry about. You need a more complex life if that's what you spent your time complaining about today. Good God. So Chipotle faced a decision. Give in to the whims of TikTok or risk losing business. And the quesadilla is now a permanent menu item. Wow, we want to be guy. at the... We want to be at the pulse of culture, said their chief marketing officer, who then put... Dylan Mulvaney on a tortilla. (laughs) (laughs) I kid, they haven't. They haven't. (laughs) So uh, TikTok, they say, has become an unavoidable consideration for anyone running a consumer-facing business today. Uh, It's a force in marketing and media, helps brands monitor consumer trends. It's... Uh, yeah. What's cool about that, I mean, it's, it's, it's troubling from an uncertainty standpoint, but what's cool about that is... Is... The opportunity for anybody listening right now to become that person. There used to be a barrier to entry to this sort of thing. You couldn't become the TV reviewer or the restaurant reviewer or the whatever that had any impact. Almost impossible to become the New York Times restaurant critic who could have any effect on anybody. Now, just your wit charm boobs depending on on, yeah (laughs) depending on what makes you a popular influencer you could be that by next month if you're creative well yeah absolutely yeah or have big enough boobs um uh, for all of the evil inherent in the chinese horde behind uh, the tiktok colossus it is a classic disruptor. Uh, Wall Street Journal writes, for all its mind-reading insights, the platform has also become a disruptive force in research and development, upending conventional wisdom about product cycles, testing, differentiation, and manufacturing. Companies scramble to mass-produce products or fix existing ones based on feedback that often has a very short shelf life. And that's the problem. You could have a massive consumer uprising that might last an afternoon or a week or a month. What do you do about that? And it's a gamble, one that many executives say is necessary to win over younger shoppers, et cetera, et cetera. But it's uh, it's it's complicated, and it is very much a gamble. I know examples of just like 
kind of regular guy guitar players who have websites that have turned into a million or two million people or whatever, and they'll say, hey, I just tried this pedal. It's awesome, this guitar pedal, and it'll sell out by the end of the day. Wow. Because some person in their bedroom said, this is awesome. That wasn't possible before. You had to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on advertising. That might or might not work. That might or might not work in a, to move the needle over a slow, long period of time. And that's not the way it is now. TikTok collaborations can be harrowing even for the gutsiest startups. WYOS, a personal care company that launched in February, thought it would be a good idea to share its new moisturizer, which comes in stick form with TikTok influencers to see what they made of it. Company discovered creators were planning to upload videos that featured them popping the moisturizer into the freezer to show audiences how it could be used as a face massaging tool. Then the founder of the company. I'm interested in this product. So it's a lotion in stick form. Uh, right, a moisturizer, yeah. Huh. But the company's co-founder said the moisturizer isn't designed to withstand freezing temperatures and could burn the skin if applied afterward. So they scrapped the influencer's videos, though it's consulting with the lab about creating a freezer-friendly formula. So they had these uh, influencers about to say, hey, it's great, you freeze it and you can massage your face with it. But they, they had no idea, just don't let it thaw, because if you then you use it, it'll burn your skin. So this company came within, you know, a couple of TikTok videos of having a bunch of people with burned faces saying, I tried the WIOS moisturizer and it burned my face. Can you imagine? What a nightmare. I'm going to put out a video today. Go to Chipotle and try the Jackalotta. You ask for double cheese, and you have them pour a Mr. Pib in it. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. And they have more examples. We'll post this at armstrongandgetty.com. But, yeah, I mean, because it used to be there were very predictable cycles. I mean, even if you had a breakout hit of a product, there was a cycle for breakout hits that people understood and you could ramp up production and market in such ways. And you got your early adapters and your innovators and then your your mass market, blah, blah, blah. Um, Kerblowy. It's all blown up. How many years ago was it that Chris Rock said here today, gone today? And that's, you know, seemed like, wow, you've really figured out the times. That was like 15 years ago. It's more true. It's more like here this hour, gone this hour. Yeah, yeah. Fashion is uh, just getting blown up by this, too, because a fashion will catch on and go away on TikTok in a month. Oh, man. Yipes. Interesting. I I like the democratization of that sort of thing. I mean, because a lot of that stuff is not important. If you own a restaurant, it's important. If you own... You know, uh, that kind of T-shirt that becomes popular for a day and a half, it's important. But just as a regular doofus uh, consumer, it's kind of interesting. Regular person, oh, yeah. people's opinions, reviews of stuff. I love that. I do that with all kinds of products. So much of life and consumption and even art is all about the technology of the day. I've pointed out before that David Byrne's fabulous How Music Works is is just terrific on that level when you're talking about music. Uh, final note, with fashion moving at rapid speed and TikTok fashion moving even more swiftly, the gamble for a brand like 
addicted, it's spelled weird, is that it might produce a lot of duds, which must be disposed of quickly, often through deep discounting. In December, addicted rolled out silver miniskirts and shiny bomber jackets, hoping to jump on an 80s metallic trend. But by February, remember, they trotted it out in December. By February, it phased them out. Wow. For the past few months, they've been selling backless T-shirts, rolling out new colors and sleeve lengths regularly after watching the style take off on TikTok. It trialed a dress version of the shirt a few weeks ago, but the item bombed and they quickly discontinued it. Quote, most of the trends fade within weeks. For the past few months, they've been selling backless T-shirts, rolling out new colors and sleeve lengths regularly after watching the style take off on TikTok. It trialed a dress version of the shirt a few weeks ago, but the item bombed and they quickly discontinued it. Quote, most of the trends fade within weeks. Some can last years. Weeks. 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 How do you profit off a trend for that last weeks? I mean, I remember very well when the uh, the members-only jacket and the parachute pants endured for many years as fine fashions. In fact, I wear them till to today. The Armstrong and Getty Show. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.